Hi guys, welcome back to my podcast. Um, it's been a while since I recorded anything, but I decided to come back and talk a little bit about something that I have been thinking about for a while now. Um, I've been away, I've been busy working on a YouTube channel actually, so if you do want to check that out, it'll be in the link in my bio. I'll be sure to put that in my bio. It is Mercury Retrograde, you guys. And that means that everybody is having their life turned upside down, (laughs) circumstance after circumstance. And I know that for me personally, I injured my back um, on Monday. It's currently Sunday, so it's been almost a week. And I've had to deal with the repercussions from that. I haven't been able to uh, really like move my arms that much. Um, do anything remotely associated with like heavy lifting. I haven't gone to the gym, of course, because I've been struggling and <laughs> and um, hence the lack of sort of uploading and that kind of stuff. Um, this did just happen a week ago, but I have taken a break for more than a week, of course. Um, I decided that podcasting um, is something that I should actually be doing all of the time. And um, the break that I took was just a result of not doing it and then not doing it some more and then eventually kind of forgetting to stay in the flow and like losing that habit. So I'm back and I'm better and I cannot wait to talk to you guys more about everything that has been happening. Um, Essentially, I had a thought yesterday in the shower and I always talk about how like shower thoughts are the best thoughts because when you are in the shower, you are underneath water, right? And the way energy flows is akin to water. It flows in a way that is very malleable, um, non-binary, not conforming, and um, extremely, like, just fluid, right? So, when I was in the shower, I get my, like, best thoughts all the time. And when I was in the shower yesterday, I was thinking about how um, anxiety and depression um, are often components that we use to... um, describe something that is separate from ourselves so if you think about it um you hear people going oh like yeah that's that's a result of my anxiety or my anxiety didn't let me do xyz or my depression got me again or whatever um that's because of my depression whatever and it's very very debilitating here's why when you separate when you separate whatever it is that you're going through whatever let's say quote unquote mental illness you're going through um you make that different from yourself. You distance that component from yourself. And by doing that, you are not taking responsibility for the fact that you have that thing. You are looking at it as a very evil and sort of shadow personality, different personality from yourself and your original personality. And when you do that, you actually make it a bigger monster than it is, A, B, you separate yourself from your anxiety or from your depression. And when you do that, you cannot take full responsibility from it, and therefore, you cannot account for it. And when we cannot account for something, we don't have power over it. We don't have the necessary internal components to gather and fight against it or work with it such that it transforms. You see, we have the power to not kill our depression, kill our anxiety, because that's a term that is very, very um, 
eradicated, like sharply eradicating, right? But instead, what we can do is transform that anxiety or depression into, uh, you know, there are various stages of it, but eventually you want to get to it being um, uh, positivity or um, complete, like, complacency, peace, right? You can trans... And so, as a result, that anxiety or depression, the, the emotional parts of you that are, that are that, right, become healed when you transform. Healing is transforming, right? But if we just kill off a version of ourselves in that way, um, you know, when we separate ourselves from it, etc., and we, like, we're not facing the problem head on, and when you don't face the problem head on, it lingers. It's like putting a band-aid on top of a bruise. You're not caring for it. You're not remedying it. You're not healing it, right? You're just covering it up. And that's the same thing with... And a lot of people, I talk about this all the time, how in consumer society, a lot of people do this. They cover up their depression and their anxiety by going to shopping malls and, um, you know, doing things that kind of exacerbate the problem of eating, but going on Instagram. I mean, there's so many distractions. Everything around us is trying to distract us from our soul. Our entire life has been a series of conditionings that have allowed us to separate our uh, ego self from our soul self. And when the two become separate, we only focus on the ego. Why? Because it's always hungry. Because it's always asking for more, for more. It's never satisfied. You go on Instagram, you go off Instagram, you go on Twitter. You go shopping, you go to eat, you go, like, <laughs> shopping again. I don't know. You feed your um, requirement for constant stimulation in some sort of way. That is what consumer society is. It's feeding the ego. And when this happens... We get stuck in these cyclical loops of self-gratification, these gratification loops. And it's so, I can't even, you guys, I cannot even begin to tell you. This is, like, the most, like, entrapping thing, I think, that, like, one can ever put themselves through. Because it allows for, like, the brain to seriously become numb to its own intelligence. And when this happens, like we don't even like begin to wonder anymore nobody's curious anymore like when it comes to like uh, you know consumer society nobody really goes out of their way to wonder even in school even young people in school they do their assignments they do what they have to do they go on their phone as long as like the assignments are done and like the grades are good and the test is over like we're fine you know and that's another reason why school systems have promoted this sort of like instant gratification feedback loop and it goes hand in hand I mean like if you take the education system it is corrupt in its own different way right there's so much money being poured into education that is simply solely for the benefit of um you know things pertaining to like government expenses a b um if not government expenses expenses then teacher salaries if anything right um pension like all of the contracts that the university has to have held like it's so i can't even begin to tell you what a legal trap like college is just like straight off the bat like i'm in college so like i'm experiencing that yeah but in general like 
if one is not taking away from any experience in their life, like in general, if they're not taking away the most they can from that experience or situation, they're losing. And you don't know the most until you're curious about what it can be, right? When you see any limitation in life, whatever it is, whether it be like in a schooling system, in a regulated system, in a system that has to do with like advertising and feedback loops and consumers culture that you don't even know you're part of, all that stuff. Um, you have to, when you see limitations, you have to identify them, A, and then B, figure out how you're going to push them. Because any limitation can be pushed, straight up. Any limitation can be pushed. Literally, like, if limitations are there, that means that somebody is setting those limitations, which automatically means that you are under the authority of another figure. And if you don't know your place under, you know, this authoritative nature, then you begin to become enslaved because you are blind. Straight up, you're blind to the workings of everything going on around you so it's important to be informed it's important to stay educated and it's important to stay curious and hungry now back to my original topic of uh, anxiety and depression we must be so curious that we decide to delve into the deeper nature of ourselves or the deeper parts of ourselves in order to fully know and understand ourselves right This takes a long time. This takes years. I recommend starting it young because um, once you begin, right, you go on this upward path of innately spiritual enlightenment. That is what the definition of spiritual enlightenment is. It is the constant need and the constant effort to be better, become better, 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 better. And better not in the egotistical sense, right? So easy to get that confused, but rather in the soul sense. In the sense of who it is that we truly are on an internal level. Negative emotions and all. You are not separate from your anxiety. You are not separate from your depression. They are a part of you that have, uh, that have grown and festered over time as a result of some internal issue that has not been resolved. As a result of something malignant, something sustainable right? That has been there over the course of time. And this requires actually delving in with our tools into our trauma. And yeah, it can be really, really (laughs) frightening, right? It can be really frightening, the thought of that. But actually getting started is the hardest part. Once you begin to do this, you'll realize that you as an individual are so complex, right? That innately you can solve your own depression and own anxiety as a result of switching the way your mind thinks. Because what do you learn from this whole process? You learn that you are not the mind. You learn that you are the higher intelligence, right? You are even higher than consciousness still. It goes subtle physical body and then uh, mind and then ego and then intelligence, and then consciousness, and then the collective ocean of consciousness, and then source, right? Or the um, the solar plexus, right? The solar plexus chakras in direct conjunction with 
source consciousness. Um, or, I'm sorry, the crown chakra, the crown chakra. Um, the solar plexus chakra is important for um, creativity. And that's the thing, when you learn all of these things, you begin to become curious about not only the biological workings of your body, but the energetic, right? Because ener- everything is energy first before it manifests into the physical. Biology is great. It's really cool to study biology and to study the physical workings of um, the way the uh, body functions, the way speciation functions, um, the way the internal processes are regulated on a physical level, right? Organs and all. Um, Even down to, you know, cells and whatnot, right? Definitely. However, um, to be able to connect that with spirituality is something that is very, very, very possible. It is most necessary. Actually, spirituality can be connected with anything because it is so broad. It is so all-encompassing and yet so minute. It is everywhere. And um, it is the basic building blocks of our, uh, of our energetic components. Not the physical components, right? You, you read this in your bio book. You read... Um, you read that cells are the basic building blocks of life. Well, okay. Then energy is the basic building blocks of ethereal life, right? Of the life that manifests first, even before you're born. The life that is written out, um, the life that is written out for you before you manifest into the physical. So, I mean, everything, everyone operates in this sort of way. And, like, I always get asked this, right? I always get asked, do you believe in free will or predeterminism? And it's so funny because my answer is always, I believe in both. Both are the way that we are functioning in conjunction with this material life. Because we are subject to the problem.